0: Thank you for joining us once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Now here's a sample of today's broadcast. Because sometimes you have, that's why we have people, that's why God blessed this world with so many people. And people that are saved are here for a reason. Because when you yourself cannot pray for yourself and believe for yourself, that's what your sister, your brother is there for. To help you, to intercede for you, to get you to that point. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the rich word of God. Well, in this blessed congregation that I call a family, I'm actually honored that you allowed me to speak to you. Um, excuse my voice, I'm a little hoarse. I've been talking all day. But um, what I wanted to speak to you about it's something I call faith. I had to endure some things some years ago that I had to really rely on faith. I really never knew what faith was and how to actually utilize it, actually how to use it to fit my life. Um, a lot of people tell you, just have faith in the situation, it'll work out. But what does that mean? What does that truly mean? And I knew I had to have works with that, also confessions with that, But um, when me and my husband went through a couple of things um, in our life, I actually found out the true meaning of faith (laughs) and what it took to get a breakthrough and the victory that comes from relying and depending on God. Um, I have a couple of scriptures I'm just going to read. You can get them if you would like, but if you don't want to, that's fine. Um, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. James chapter 2, verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. James chapter 5, verse 15. And the prayer of, of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sin, they shall be forgiven him. 16. Confess your faults, one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. Um, I read those to you because those were very important to me during some things in my life that I had to rely on something. I had to rely, rely on the Word of God. Um, God is the Word. And that was how I was actually able to get through some things. Uh, most of you know that I longed to be a mother a long time. And how that was a struggle for me for a long time. Me and my husband, we we were married in 2004. Um, The second year we were married, um, I conceived. I was so excited. I was like, Lord, I thank you. You heard me. You knew what I wanted. But to have disappointment and to miscarry was devastating to me. And then... I went. We went the next year, I say, three and a half years of our marriage. I went, and I was like, okay, nothing ain't happening. I'm like, what's going on here? Lord, I'm, you know, I'm, you told me I know I'm meant to be a mother. I feel it. It burns in my soul to be a mother. I was like, you know, Lord, you know, you give me this desire to be a mother so badly. I don't have no children. Something's wrong with that. <laughs> and I knew that his will for me was to be a mother. And I longed for that so badly. And I finally got pregnant again. I was so excited. I told my mom, told everybody. Everybody was so happy at work. Going to the doctors, everything's fine. And then I go back around, I was about almost four months, and I go to get my ultrasound. And the doctor takes me to the back. And they, you know, prep you, lay you down or whatever. And then they start to actually put the screen up till you see the baby. And I saw that baby, I was like, oh, look at my baby. So pretty, and you really don't know what they look like, because they just, or something. (laughs) They're like a something, but they're beautiful. I thought it was just the most, it was just the best thing I've ever saw in my life. But I noticed that the nurse started to click the keyboard, and she kept looking at the screen for the results, and I'm like, okay, what are you doing? Is everything okay? She said, oh, you're fine. I said, I know I'm fine, but, is everything fine? And she said, i am call the doctor. Um, just relax, you'll be okay. She calls the doctor in, the doctor does the same thing she does, begins to click the screen and click the keyboard. And the doctor sits back and she looks at me and she said, "Miss Denson, I'm sorry, but we can't find a heartbeat. That was the most devastating thing. I was there by myself and I went four months almost carrying a child that I said, yes, God, I know this is for me and for it to vanish right there in front of me. I cried my heart out. The doctor said, do you need someone to take you home? I said, no, I'll be okay, I'll get myself together. So I got myself in the car and I started to cry even worse. I called my mom and I finally got home and called my husband, they came to my aid pretty much. And my mom spoke a word to me and she said, baby, you're gonna be a mother. Just as easy and simple. It's sweet, like she already knew. And I'm like, Mom, look, this is two times. I've tried this over and over and over again. It has not worked. And you're telling me what? She said, baby, you're going to be a mother. She said, it's going to be okay. I said, all right. And it was hard for me to get over that because I had to have surgery to have that baby removed. And that was so devastating to me. And so I said, God, I'm going to trust you. Sometimes when we're in situations, and things happen, we get our faith built back up again, we say, God, I'm going to trust you. But lo and behold, situations come again to sweep that faith right off from under you. And you have to stay anchored. That's why I'm so thankful for pastors. I call them pastor mom, pastor dad. Because they relate to me like that. And they will talk to me. And, you know, because I I always say before, I came from a church where actually if they laid hands in oil, it was every blue moon. And we never spoke in tongue. I didn't know the tools. I didn't have the equipment to get, th- get through some storms. I didn't know. But when I came here to Kingdom Rock, it was a struggle also because I came from a church family. Your mama, their mama, their cousin mama, everybody went. So I knew I, I had to be here. I'm going to have to be here. It was a struggle to come to something different. But when I came, I knew that the Lord had something for me because I began to learn techniques, tools, how to speak in tongues? Really? That's for me? I thought that was just people I saw on TV that did that. I actually thought laying of hands was only for deacons, elders, and preacher. I thought that's all that who could do that. But till I came here and set up under some teaching to pastors that not only taught, but they demonstrated by their lives themselves. And they showed you how things were done and through the word of God and through the Holy Spirit. And I'm so thankful that we have pastors that actually hear from the Holy Spirit and that can speak into your life. And so I went on after I miscarried my second time, and I said, God, I'm going to trust you. Actually, I have no choice but to trust you. I'm going to because I can't do this myself. When you get yourself back up against the wall to the point where you can't do it, you have no choice but to depend on him, you have to. There's no other choice. Being a Christian and actually believing in Christ, faith is just something you're going to have to do. It's just like the sky is blue. You're going to have to operate through faith. There's no other way around it because life situations are going to come where you're going to have to do it. It's just one of those things. I was like, you know, can I get around it? Can I do extra prayer? Can I throw some rice over my back, turn three times? Can I do something to push this along? No, I have to still trust I, a lot of times I had to stay still. But during those times, I decided to get in my word because I wasn't really a person that would actually sit and read and study. I'm not ashamed to say that because now I've come a long way from that, and I wasn't. I had no clue what the word had for me and what to learn from it. But when I got in it, I noticed that faith was something very important and that it operates through different channels. You just can't just hope and believe in something that you can't see. But you actually got to have works. And you got to confess it with your mouth. And so when I was reading a now faith, I thought faith of, God, I want a baby next week. I want a baby next year. No, God said, I'm a mother now. I ain't believing for my baby now. And that's how I had to speak. My husband sometimes thought I was crazy. I would go buy stuff. I had a baby chest. I would go buy clothes, put it in there. And he'd be like, what you doing for my baby? He was like, huh? I said, this is for, my baby, for our, our child. I said, because I've already talked to the Savior and I know that I'm gonna be a mother. I don't know when, I don't know how it's gonna happen, but I know that this is something that I am long to be and I know that he's going to grant me this request. I didn't know that. So I started acting in faith, I started buying stuff. When I see stuff on sale, I would pick it up and I just kept it, who knew? I had no clue if I would ever be a mother, knowing naturally, I didn't know. Doctors had told me, I went to three doctors, because I didn't know why I kept miscarrying, never could hold a child. First doctor told me, you would never have kids. The second one told me, you need to adopt. The third one told me, I have no clue what's wrong with you. So, going away with that, that's not a lot of hope. (laughs) So pretty much, I'm left with what? I could have just abandoned faith and abandoned what I knew the Lord had for me and went and adopt. There's nothing wrong with adoption. I just knew it wasn't for April at that time. Amen. So as I went on, and me and Pranelle, we, you know, going through life, and we longing for children. I'm like, you just don't understand the burning. I don't know if you guys had something so, you wanted something so bad that when I saw pregnant women, it would literally make me sick because they had something I couldn't have, and that's how bad it was. And I used to grieve when I see young mothers that didn't want their babies. Or young mothers that got pregnant out of wedlock and would want to go and abort. That would grieve my... I would literally just cry because I would be like, why? And I long... God, I'm like, God, why is this? And I long to be a mother so badly. And they're just giving their children away, not taking care of them. But I still trusted him because I knew he still had something for me. So around the fourth year of marriage... Uh, after I went to all the doctors, it's, four years, it's another year went by. And I was like, okay, God, you told me I'm going to be a mother. And it was the fourth year. And I'm slowly creeping out of my 20s. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to the 30s. So I said, Lord, you know, I, I know this is for me, but not, this is not happening. And all of a sudden, doubt and fear entered in. When doubt and fear entered in, it allowed me to do some, th- some crazy things. I went to the doctor, told my husband, I said, I'm going to be a mother. I'm going to be a mother now. He said, okay, what? How are you going to do that? I said, I'm going to the doctor, and I'm against fertility. There's nothing wrong with fertility. But for me, I knew what God told me, and I was stepping out of bounds with him. I knew that he told me that, he, that I should trust him with this, and I knew that that was something I needed to wait upon. But no, I went to the doctor and I'm sending the doctor, they drawing blood, and I'm getting ready to talk to the doctor, and the doctor said, Okay, what, what are you here for today? And right as I go to speak fertility, God spoke to me and said, Do you not trust me to do this? And I said, And I was gonna continue saying, so, Okay, I'm just gonna ignore that. <laughs> no, I want a baby bad Lord, I'm gonna ask this doctor for fertility. He said, Do you not trust me to do this? And immediately I stopped, and I told the doctor, I said, I just, I didn't need some blood work. I didn't even ask for fertility. And I went to my car, and I went, and I weeped, and I was in tears. I was, I was kind of so upset because I felt like I let him down. Because I, I pretty much told him I was going to trust him, but I didn't. I was going to do something totally different. But he loves me so much, he loved me past that. And he, you know, and I went home, and I was a little saddened because I knew that I still had to wait upon him, and I didn't know his time. We don't, that's the thing with faith. We don't know his time. His time is not like ours. What his will for me to have a child was probably not then, for whatever reason, but his time was at a certain point. He's very, he he knows all. He knows when things are, especially for you and what moment to do it. And so I went home, and that's when my, my worship, That's when my worship and my prayer life really started. Because at first, I really didn't. I didn't really have a prayer life. I really didn't have a worship life. But that's when I said, okay, God, I'm going to vow to worship you. So that's when I would go home and I would just bow down and I would just worship God. And I would just ask him, and I said, God, I'm going to stay before you. And I'm going to stay before you until you get so sick of me that you're going to bless me with what I want. And it was to the point and you know my husband and he, I would have my, my room upstairs and he was like April must be up there praying again or April must be up there worshiping because I have my music going and I'm just in my zone and that was an important part too and I think God was instilling things in me that I needed along the way of waiting he was instilling things in me and as I was going through this lo and behold I conceived again I said oh God I know you're good this is for me Thank you, Lord. Four years of marriage, family gonna have a baby. That's wonderful. Six weeks into the pregnancy, I started to bleed. So I went to the hospital and I had, they call it spontaneous abortion. That's what they call it. I miscarried again. This time, I am really upset. And I came to Kingdom Rock one night for Bible study, and Pastor Stroud prayed for me. And it's amazing how. When the man of God can actually tap into the Holy Spirit, can refresh your faith, it can replenish it. It can actually give you a renewing so that you can continue into you're holding on. Because sometimes faith is a process. And it's not easy sometimes to stand and wait and be patient because you got life still going on. Life is still happening. Things are still happening. My friends are still getting having babies, I'm going to baby showers. All this is still happening, but I'm still what? What is what I'm doing? I'm trusting in God, and I'm waiting on Him. And so when I came and He prayed for me, it was like, okay, God, I can do this. I've been replenished. Okay, I can do this. My faith's been renewed. I can wait. It took another year because me and my husband was going through some things, and I came to evening service that night, and Pastor Stroud called me and Pernell up to. He, for him to actually pray for us. And he was saying, I was like Hannah, crying out to God. And he said, you're, um, you're like this close from your bliss. And I was like, oh, now we get somewhere. And I, was, and I was even more, I was even more replenished. I was even more just, I was like, okay, God, I'm with you. I see that you're working because I know you gave, me, you gave me confirmation. Confirmation is a good thing. Because when you're waiting on something, that helps push you along. So, confirmation, I said, oh, great, I got confirmation. So, I held on to that until October of, well, I'll say it was mm, after our fifth year being married. It was in October, and I was sitting there eating manwich and popcorn. And I said, this don't go together. <laughs> this is not normal, <laughs> but it's good. <laughs> so, I said, okay. So, I made right. And I know I kept the pregnancy test people in business because I had, like, a whole, like, box up under my bathroom sink that if I felt pregnant, I would just go get one and take it. So that night, I went under my sink. I got one of those tests, and I had about five left. And I took it, and I said, okay, I'm waiting. And I took it, and lo and behold, it was positive. But it wasn't like a dread that I had felt with the others, like, okay, God, I know this is probably going to end in something horrible. It was like... God, you really did it. Oh my God. And I was, I was so excited because when God do something for you, I don't know about you, but me, I get really excited. I'm like, okay, God, you did this. And I'm just texting my husband. And he's at work. And that's something you might want to wait and do it really, you know, romantically. And no, I just sent it to a text message and said, look, I'm pregnant. Hey. <laughs> so we went on and the pregnancy went fine and I went to the doctor and everything was positive, everything was good. And my fourth month, I went for blood tests. You know, they blood test you all the time when you're pregnant. You're going to test for everything. And on my way home from work, I received a phone call. And the phone call I received, the doctor said, April, hi, how are you? I said, I'm great. She said, well, I have your blood test results. And she said, I just want to go over one of them with you. And she said, one of them came back positive that your daughter has Down syndrome. She said, so I'll talk to you later, bye-bye. Not, what should I do? And again, I was like, okay, God, you gave me a child that I know is from you. I'm four months pregnant and the enemy, because I knew it was him trying to take my child, because I knew if I would have let fear, doubt, really just overwhelm me, I probably would have lost my baby. But because I was like, okay, God, I know you, I've waited five years to have a child. I'm depending on you with this, and I'm leaving it with you. And I called Pastor Stroud, and I said, Pastor Stroud, you know, the doctor said Layla probably has Down syndrome, and I got to go to a specialist, and I would have all these tests. And one test they wanted to do was an amyocentesis, where they stick the needle in your belly, draw the fluid. Well, that tells you for certain. Um, but the test I was having was just ultrasounds where they clip pictures, and they'll just tell you everything looks normal. So the doctor told me, everything looks normal, but you can have amnio to make sure. Something came in my spirit and said, mm-mm. And the doctor said, you sure you don't want to do one? Because I'm not, it's not 100% sure you can have Layla and she can have special needs. And I told him, I said, I'm going to trust God. Whatever he gives me is for me. If I get a special needs child, it's because he trusts me with a special needs child. I said, I'm not going to jeopardize this baby. For anybody, because I waited too long to have her or him. I didn't know at the time, so I went along, and that it it grieved me a little bit. And I, you know, I was at home, and I would cry out during my time of prayer. Anybody know that your time of prayer is the most intimate time in worship? That God, you know, to me, he's just like my buddy. I mean, he's my father. I talk to him like I talk to my dad. I'll tell him how I feel, and I'll tell him, God, I'm I'm fearing this. I am afraid. How can I care for a child that probably will have special needs? So I talked to him that way. I don't know if any of you do, but I do. And so when I have certain things on my mind, that's the only way I can get relief from them. And so I had my prayer time. And, yes, it weighed on me for a little bit, and I kept praying. Sometimes you can't just pray one time. I mean, even you know, no, you have to sometimes intercede for yourself and just really keep praying. Pray yourself through some things. So I kept praying. And thank God for Pastor Mom and Pastor Dad. That does not leave you abandoned. They will call and check on you. How are you? Pastor Stroud told me, when you call him, he said, daughter, all is well. How many of you know that is such a blessing? When a man of God can speak to your life and say, daughter, all is well. And again, I felt a replenishment. I said, "Woo, I'm good now. I can handle this. Because then I knew that I received the word from God, and I got confirmation. Because confirmation, again, is one of the clues to let you know that God is answering. He's hearing your prayers. Amen. And so, as I was going through, my husband had this knot in his jaw. And the knot in his jaw went to four or five doctors, and they all told him it was bone and that it could be fouled down. It was really nothing to worry about. Don't really think about it. If it don't bother you, don't worry about it. It began to grow. And I told my husband, I said, "Parnell, something's not right with that. You need to go somewhere to a surgeon or someone that will hear you. Because how many, you know, sometimes you have to be your own advocate. And I said, you're going to have to go and have that scene about. That's not normal. Bone is not going to grow like that. So he went to an oil surgeon. Lo and behold, he was saved. Thank God for saved doctors that also trust in God. And he went to an oil surgeon that um, looked at it, and he said, yeah, I don't think it's really much, but I'm gonna biopsy it anyway, just to see what's going on. And so Purnell, a week later, he got his results, he went in. Purnell said, April, I'll call you. I'm in at work, he said, I'll call you and let you know the results. And by this time I'm six months pregnant. So I'm saying, okay, good, okay, we're good. He never called me. It's two o'clock in the afternoon. I said, "Purnell, why you never call me? So I called him, I said, Why you didn't call me? He said, Oh, I was just gonna tell you when you got home, I know my husband. And when you don't call me, there's something wrong. And he told me, I said, Well, I'm, I'm nosy. I, well, not nosy. I just want to know a lot of information. <laughs> I'll put it in a nice one. And I told him, I said, Well, what's going on with you? I mean, what's really wrong? And he said, April, the doctor said it's cancer. I said, Cancer? He said, Yes. He said, It's cancer. He said, um They're going to send me to a cancer specialist. I said, Okay, for now, so we can do this. We, we, can, we can do this. We can cope with this. We can deal with this. And on the inside, I was crumbling. Because then I was faced with finally having a child after five years, and I probably will be a single mother. That's just what came to me. You know, not every sickness is unto death. But at that moment, that's how I felt. I was like, oh, God, how am I going to deal with this? I have a child that I don't know if is 100% healthy. And I have a husband who has just now been diagnosed with cancer. So what am I supposed to do? And trying to be the helpmate for my husband and to keep him encouraged, I wouldn't let him see me cry. I would do my crying at work, in my car, in front of my parents, so that he wouldn't feel grieved, because he was already going through enough in his mind, in his spirit, that I didn't want to add to that. And so we actually went to the cancer specialist, and they immediately want to start him on chemo and radiation, chemo. And Pernell looked at me, he said, April, I'm not going to do this. And I looked at him, I said, "Purnell, man, you got cancer. <laughs> you got to do something. You just can't have that there. He said, April, I'm not going to do this. I said, well, okay, what are you going to do? He said, I'm just going to research my choices. So the doctor sent us to an ear, nose, and throat doctor. And when I went in to, the, to see the man, he came in. I'm like, okay, great. We're going to get some answers. We're going to find out how we're going to have surgery. When are we going to do things? Immediately he came in. He looked at my husband. He said, oh, God, this is bad. I looked at him. He said, this is bad. He said, man, you're going to die. He said, you can die from this. He said, this is, this is really, he said, this can go to your brain. He said, "If it goes to your brain. This is incurable. You cannot get cured from this. This is horrible. And my husband said, April, and immediately tears started falling down my, it could be hormones, I don't know, but tears immediately started falling down my eyes in the doctor's office. My husband said, don't you receive that. And I'm telling you, my husband is not one of those people that quote scriptures, to be honest with you. And for him to say that to me, April, do not receive that. I felt like that was God telling me, don't you receive it. I st- I'm still in this situation. I still have everything under control. And again, I call Pastor Dad crying. Pastor Dad, my husband has cancer. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm boo And again, you know what he said to me? Daughter, all is well. That one, I wanted to rejoice like all the rest. But that one, I truly had to try to receive by faith. That took a struggle for me. Because cancer ain't something you say, daughter, all is well. It's not. A lot of people die from it. And so I actually had to seek God for myself. Sometimes you're gonna be in situations that man can't help you but God. And so I think it's important for us to have, you have to have that intimate relationship with God. Because when you're backed up against a wall and you're like, God, I have no one else, you have to depend on Him. So what I did was I said, okay. And it's amazing how God started to teach me. Immediately, people at my job found out about my husband and found out me being pregnant. And immediately, they started to bring me books of prayer. I had one lady write me a letter of scripture. I had one woman that would send me a booklet for faith. I started getting pamphlets. I would go in my mailbox at work and I'll have this stack of stuff that would be scriptures or someone reading me or just speaking, speaking life to me. And it's so important when you're going through something to have people that speak life into you. Because when you have someone that does not speak life to you, that does not help you. That harms the situation. And so when I had people speaking life to me, that allowed me to speak life to my husband. Now I've never been a person, like I said again, that would lay hands on somebody. I thought that was for the preachers. But I felt myself. Pastor Stroud and Sister Stroud and Samiko Stryle, and they had came and anointed some oil and prayed for it. And he said, "Just lay hands on him. Me? Lay hands on him? And something to happen?" <laughs> he said, "Yes. Pray for him. You have to lay hands." And so I would find myself going to my, my husband. I said, Pernell, do you mind for me praying for you? So I would go up to him, put all on him, and I would pray for him. And I would see him wipe tears from his eyes because I know he would get up early in the morning because he would have so much on his mind. He know he got a wife, that he has to support. He has a child coming, but you got cancer. So he had a lot on his mind. I know he did. And then as we were going through it, the doctor that told him, this is bad, oh, this is really bad, I called Pastor Stroud and I said, we left that man with no answers. We have, I don't know where we're going to go from here. I have no clue what we're going to do. Pastor Stroud said, we're going to pray for urgency. We're going to pray that things line up and you're going to get some answers today. After I got off the phone with him and we prayed, five minutes, well, I don't think it was five minutes after that, I received a phone call from that same doctor that had an appointment for Penel and Emory to a specialist. Is the best, I think, in the region to see for head cancer. And I was so excited. I was like, okay, you hurt me again. Confirmation, great. I can do this. <laughs> and so as my, as my husband, actually, we got the appointment and we actually went to go see this doctor in Emory. Um, he told my husband, he said, you're gonna be fine, man. You're gonna be good. He said, we're gonna get this done. You're gonna be okay. And you're gonna enjoy your baby girl. How many know that's important to hear when you're going through something? When you have a doctor that has doom and gloom, leave them, (laughs) quickly. Don't pay them to kill you, pretty much, because they're speaking death to you. And this doctor told my husband, you're gonna be fine. But we would go to the cancer specialist and she would say, I don't know. So we kept, it was a battle there. And I learned how to warfare from my family. That was something, one thing that God had taught me that I never knew how to do, how to pray through some situations. And I would go and he taught me how to warfare. And I was, ta- I was, I got so bold, yeah, I was, got bold. And my husband would wake up in the morning and I would say, you're gonna live. And I said, you're healed. He'd look at me, I said, yes, you're healed. Have a good day, love you. And he would come home at night, still look weary. And I said, Pernel, you're healed, and you're going to live. And he looked at me, he said, okay. I was speaking for something he couldn't believe for himself. Because sometimes you have, that's why we have people, that's why God blessed this world with so many people. And people that are saved are here for a reason. Because when you yourself cannot pray for yourself and believe for yourself, that's what your sister, your brother is there for. To help you, to intercede for you, to get you to that point. And so that's what I felt myself doing. Yes, I had my weak points. I would go to my mom, thank God for my mother. She'd come to me and she would say, baby, I feel in my heart, you're gonna be good. Y'all gonna look back at this and y'all gonna be like, you know, God, you're so good. And that's why sometimes when I sing up here, I just call me a crybaby. I can't help it. I, I don't care how old this testimony can ever get. To me, it shows me how mighty God is. Yeah and how good he is and what he can do in your life. And as my husband, Layla was due on the 4th of July. She didn't come, she was stubborn. She waited till the 10th. My husband was due for surgery on the 13th. We both were out. No income. Not one time did our bills get behind. Not one time did we worry about how we're going to do things and maneuver things. But God placed that, and he designed that so that we can lean upon him and trust him that he was going to bring us out of that situation. And so after I had Layla on the 10th, my husband went in on the 13th, I'm at home trying to recover, and my husband goes in for surgery. That was hard because I couldn't be there. So I had to pray for him while I was at home taking care of Layla. And I sat there, and I would pray, and they called me, from Emory and they said, April, my dad said, Pernell looked normal. Cause we thought he was gonna be disfigured because it was, it was horrible looking. It was humongous and you know, I thought, I didn't know how he was gonna look when he left. My dad said, he looked better, actually now that he did when he went in. <laughs> I didn't know how to take that, he <laughs> said okay. But my, my husband's healing process was so fast that the doctor was going to keep him for a week and let him go after two or three days. Because they said, you're healing so well. You're drinking out of a straw. You're doing all this stuff people normally don't do. And he went, and it was fine. And then we had to wait another couple of months, because you have a pathology report that tells you if you need radiation or chemo. I had already been praying that he would need none of that. So when we went in, and he read the report to Pranel, he said, well, I'm looking at your margins, and they're negative. Pranel said, okay, what that mean? He said, you don't need chemo or radiation. And that was such a blessing. And as all of you know, the Down syndrome, my daughter is as healthy Amen. as she want to be. And I thank God and I praise him. So my praise, because it, it came, it was a different praise. Because I, if you know, I used to just stand here and sing. I didn't really want to say or raise my hand or do too much anything. But when you go through something like that, I have no choice but to praise him. There's no other God that I would want to praise but my heavenly father. Because he brought me out and I had victory. So my faith was renewed and renewed and renewed. Because when you have victory over something you're in or something that you thought was going to end another way. And you have victory over it. That's the most amazing thing that God can do for you. That just boosts your faith so much. And so I thank God and I praise him. And I praise him now because my husband is still well. And my daughter's growing and she's smart and she, yeah. she's so pretty. And I just love her. <laughs> but I just wanted to share that with you. That no matter what you're going through, faith is very important. You're going to have to rely on it. There's nothing else to rely on. That's the only way you're gonna get God to move is through faith. He see your faith, he's activated automatically. So I just tell you, whatever you're going through in your life, I don't know. I don't know situations, marriages, illnesses, life periods, you're gonna have to have faith because I promise you, if you depend on him, yes, mine was a five-year wait. But I depended on him, and I trusted him, and he delivered me from them all. Amen. Thank you so much for your time. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org.